and welcome to the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. You are listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. I'm very pleased to be here for another week, giving you fantastic small business education and tips and tricks on how to do your business better. And also, um, interestingly today, we're going to be talking about how to help others as well, because I think traditionally small business owners tend to be those in the community who are the bastions of the community, those who are constantly offering support, either financially or just someone to have a chat to. Um, and that's really who we are in our, as community leaders. But I think having that issue and having that burden means that sometimes when you're talking to other people, you um, almost absorb a lot of their, their issues and problems as well. And I think that can become a little bit overwhelming. We're going to be talking today um, to Beyond Blue and one of our regular speakers, Tim Hoopman and of course Patrice O'Brien from Beyond Blue. We're talking about Small Business Mental Health Month or Small Business Month, which is in October and interestingly Mental Health Month. So I'm calling it now Small Business Mental Health Month. <laughs> it's my, I've recoined it because it's all about what we do as community leaders uh, to support others, but then recognising when we need help ourselves and who best uh, to assist us with that than the team from Beyond Blue who have got some excellent resources for both us as the helpies and the helpors of our local community um, and our business colleagues as well. Welcome to the program, Tim and Patrice. Thanks, Alexi. Thanks very much, Alexi. Well, Lovely thanks, to of be course, back. thanks, of course, Tim, for you for coming back uh, on the program. You're one of our regular guests talking about mental health awareness, particularly for the small business owner. Um, and I think uh, it's it's such an important topic. We almost can't talk about it enough. We could do an entire podcast series educating various business owners on how to help each other and how to help themselves. Um, why are you so passionate about about assisting other businesses when it comes to their mental health? I think. Um, Probably the most important thing is that running a small business can be incredibly um, stressful. It's unbelievably exciting, but also very stressful. So my passion comes from wanting to help others understand that when the times are tough or when it is quite stressful, that there is help out there. And in particular now, what I love about, I think probably the last 18 months or more, is that the conversation has come right to the fore. People are openly talking about um, mental health and business, not only for yourself, and how to help one another, as you um, pointed out. And small business um, do a lot for everybody else. And at times, they really need somebody to help them. And so I love um, speaking about it, sharing stories, um, and in particular, working with Beyond Blue. And that's one of your roles in Beyond Blue is that you, you go out there and you speak to both, I guess you speak to both corporate communities, but also small business communities. And you also speak to advisors. Um, and I guess that's what we're a little bit talking to today is the, that advisory space, because I guess as a small business owner, we're all advisors. We all, you know, give each other advice. But there's certain members of that community that are real, um, they have a real opportunity to assist because they've got a finger on the pulse of, 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 of businesses as a whole. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I certainly would agree with that and as I ran my bookkeeping business for over 10 years I was dealing with hundreds of small business owners and at times they were in distress and if I look back now a lot of that time I didn't really understand because I was thinking are they are they in distress are they just not comfortable with my services is there a problem with me uh, what is actually going on um, in terms of their business and perhaps their mental health 
or mine in particular. So it's kind of a little bit of a conundrum when you sit there and you look at many other businesses and you wonder, I certainly in the past have wondered, is there something wrong with me because I haven't heard from them, their behaviour's changed, and potentially they're struggling with um, issues themselves. It's almost a, a double down effect, isn't it? It's, on the one hand, you're you're wanting to help them, but at the other hand, you're you're thinking they're pulling back. Is it something about the services that I'm providing that they're no longer comfortable with or, or assisting with? So it goes to the point that we're going to be talking about later in the program, which is you need to look after yourself as well. It's the whole put your you know put the mask on yourself before you help the baby next to you on a plane, which is completely against what you would what you would think of. Uh, it also goes against how we behave in our local community as small businesses. We never put ourselves first. Do you think even after the talk um, in the local community and in the business community now, it's definitely more open? Are we still putting ourselves last, Tim? Do you think that that's still the case? I think it depends on who you're talking to. Some people are doing it really well and they're understanding that they've got to look after themselves first because they're dealing with so many other small businesses and then others aren't. So I think one of the reasons that you're not, and I didn't in the past, is I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do to perhaps look after myself first. The other thing about that is sometimes that um, people make you feel guilty for that. They think you're selfish. They think, why are you worrying about yourself first? Shouldn't be looking after me as the client or me as the employee or me as whoever else it is that they're dealing with, suppliers, tax office. Shouldn't be looking after everybody else first and then you come last. So there is a real... Um, challenge in that area of um, doing it without feeling guilty or selfish, Mm. looking after yourself and then helping others. But where do I go to help myself? But also, where do I go to help others if I'm an advisor? Well, fantastic segue to our other guest this uh, this morning, which is, of course, Patrice O'Brien. Now, Patrice, you are in the role of General Manager of Workplace Partnerships and Engagements for Beyond Blue. First of all, thank you so much for joining us on the program. It's wonderful to have an expert of your cri- of your criteria and your expertise to share with our small business owners where they can get help. Um, firstly, could I just ask you, why is it that Beyond Blue is, is supporting mental health for small business? Is it a, a sudden realisation that there's issues that need to be solved or has this been a gradual process for Beyond Blue? to come on board? No, it's really been um, more of a gradual process. And sorry, Alexia, I should have said first, thanks so much for having me here and it's great to be here. Um, uh, Yeah, so for Beyond Blue, it's really been a gradual process. So Beyond Blue will turn 20 next year. Wow. I know, it's incredible. Um, And uh, back in 2000, when we were first formed, Beyond Blue really had a... um, had a look around at where our services were most needed and at that time we found that one of the places where there was a lot of stigma um, was in the workplace. So from very early days of, at Beyond Blue we had a workplace program but that program has really evolved over the years as I guess understanding of more prevalent mental health conditions has really evolved. Um, so when I say more prevalent, I'm talking about things like depression, which Beyond Blue originally focused on and and um, in latter years, both depression and anxiety. Um, so I guess our, our workplace program really 
took it to a new level back in 2014 when we launched our Heads Up initiative. And so just so I understand, the workplace, you meaning you weren't, you were specifically talking to more corporates or were you just generically talking about workplaces but not really specifying in small business? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in the early days of our workplace program, the main thing that we did was we ran a training program in workplaces where we would have mental health professionals go into workplaces and talk about workplace mental health at work. We've since... Um, stop doing that because when Beyond Blue started doing it, there was very few other programs of that sort Mm. and now there's a lot, which Mm. is great. So we kind of went, well, we don't need to do that anymore. Um, So, yeah, back in 2014, we launched this Heads Up initiative and if I kind of crystallise the initiative, it's really about trying to create a real difference in workplaces all over Australia. So a real difference in the whole kind of systemic system where um, mental health at work is considered a core part of health and safety, whereas in the past we've thought a lot about physical health and safety in the workplace but very little about mental health and safety. It's all about, it's, it's about the clinical side of things. You know, we start to, if we look at mental health as another aspect of health yeah. rather than you know, something to be not talked about and pushed in the corner. And then we can really say, well, you know, well, that has strategies and there's practical things that we need to do. And it almost destigmatizes it in talking about it in that program sense as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, one of the things I always say is if you think about physical safety at work, for example, you're not making a workplace physically safe just for the person who's already broken their leg. You're making it physically safe for everyone. Mm -hmm. And the same goes with making a mentally healthy workplace. So when you create a mentally healthy workplace, a lot of people think that you're only making it mentally healthy for someone who already has a diagnosable mental health condition. But that's absolutely not the way we see it. You're creating a mentally healthy workplace for everyone so that if you do have a diagnosable condition, you can be supported to stay at or return to work if you needed some time off. But if you don't, then you can be really thriving at work and be really productive and be in an environment that's good for, not bad for your mental health. So it's much, much of a bigger picture than it that. Sound, it sounds to me when you say bigger picture, it sounds just like that where you've got a, a holistic look at everyone there, not just the people working there, but also the people who are looking after them and the, the business owners and, and the people on the periphery and, and even to some extent, I guess, the clients and the suppliers who come into that workplace. Um, is that the aim? is to just basically make it more conciliatory and more uh, just a better place to be and to exist because we spend 40 hours a week in these workplaces um, and and this is where, you know, we we spend a large proportion of our lives, sometimes more than with our families. Is that why the importance is there to keep keep everything um, running smoothly and thinking about mental health as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think Beyond Blue really has an approach where we work in big settings where people are every day. So we've got a big program in schools called BU that goes through early learning centres, primary and secondary schools. We've got a big program called Healthy Families, which, you know, it's around, you know, bringing mental health around sort of the kitchen table, if you like. And then we've got a big program in workplaces. So um, we really think that part of the issue of mental health concerns needs to be solved in those clinical settings. But a lot of it, can be solved outside of the health setting altogether because if you think about the kind of things that impact on someone's mental health, um, yes, it can be diagnosable conditions, absolutely, but it can also be where someone's living, how connected they feel in society, um, 
you know, whether they're doing something meaningful every day. So there is so much more to mental health than just that clinical aspect. And so I guess Beyond Blue is really looking at how we can create a society that as much as possible prevents people from becoming really unwell. Um, We absolutely support and we're doing a lot of work around services when people do become really unwell but we also really want to look at that preventative and that early intervention well it makes sense well uh, let's look at it purely from a money point of view i mean economically prevention has always been better than the cure absolutely yeah tim let's turn to you now and and tell me about um what what is it that creates uh this stressful environment um in your experience and also in in what you've done with talking to lots of small business owners that develops a high level of psychological stress i think Interestingly, if you look at running a business, as mentioned before, it's incredibly exciting. And I know when I um, got into it, I was completely um, geared up. I was excited. I jumped into it. I think the reality, though, is that there are many facets of a small business. And so having worked in corporate before, if you start to look at a small business, you do need to deal with sales, marketing, finance, operations, and HR or people and teams. So um, while that's on a much smaller scale, it, that can often become quite overwhelming. So if you're um, a really good um, at bookkeeping and you start a bookkeeping business, you may not be good at some of those other things like getting out and selling to a customer, but you need that to grow your business. So often there are many facets of this business that create um, uh, higher levels of stress because People either avoid it, they put it off, they don't know what to do, they feel uncomfortable and so therefore they um, they head into their small business by focusing only on a couple of areas and leave some of the other areas um, um, absent. Um, the other side of it is uh, one of the experiences I found was all of a sudden you have a team that you're completely responsible for. You must pay them on a regular basis no matter what's happening in your business. Cash flow, clients coming, clients going. Um, you know, therefore your reliance on clients is heightened so you might over um, uh, overreact in terms of overlooking after them for the right or the wrong reasons or whatever it is. So it's kind of an interesting web that you then have to manoeuvre around. That's stressful mm. and, it, and it can at times heighten your levels of um, stress which, which may or may not lead to anxiety or depression. And is that something that obviously feeds through to the family life and your social life and everything else and almost becomes an amplification of the problem? Um, absolutely. And I, um, when I speak about this through um, the work I do with Beyond Blue, I talk about, in my experience, how I used to bring um, the problems of the business, because often you're on your own or isolated, bring those and I would drop them on the kitchen table literally every day. And it was interesting because I could see, literally see myself doing it, but I didn't know how to stop. Um, and so that puts a, an incredible amount of pressure on, particularly at home, the people that love you the most and want to support you unconditionally. And that can have dramatic effects um, at home. And of course, the feeling of overwhelm means that you stop asking for help. Is there is there a pretty big connection between just feeling as though it's your problem and there's nobody else who can help me, therefore I just need to deal with this myself. I'm not going to ask for help. I'm not going to. I'm going to stop overwhelming everybody else around me, and I'm just going to you know bring it all interiorly, bring it inside, and not 
and not ask for assistance, maybe because I don't have time. I don't have time to ask for help or I can't talk to anyone or I'm embarrassed about um, what I perceive to be something that's not successful or my business is going down. Is it all sort of wrapped up into the one issue? Is, is Once you sort of start down that road, it all kind of funnels into the negativity? Yeah, I think um, anyone going into their own business is, um, you know, someone that will be very proud of that business, um, will want to be seen as successful, will want to be successful. I certainly was all of those things. Um, and so therefore, when things start to get a little tough, um, in a lot of cases, I thought, mm, this is like this is what it is running a small business. So I didn't really know anything different. So I went, oh, okay, I, I think I have to suck that up. Um, I didn't know who to turn to. Or in some cases, I didn't want to turn to people because I didn't want then people to say, oh, um, is your business not going well? What's going on? And, you know, that kind of fear of failure um, in the eyes of other people. And, and that can happen a lot because we want to be successful. We want to be seen to be doing well. Um, and often we will mask those issues um, or we don't know where to go or we feel, you know, as a, you know, as a male, I would feel, well, I want to be seen as successful. So I don't want, you know, Tim to be known as the person that didn't do too well in his business. Mm. I think there's something to be said for a lot of the social media out there as well with the whole, oh, we have to be perceived as doing so fabulously and we're almost drip feeding out the successes so it looks like we're constantly successful. I like all those posts where people are saying, are you okay? If you need some help, come and talk to me. I mean, those are great, but how about we all start sharing some of our crappy experiences and desensitising, not just destigmatizing, not just mental health, but actually the negativities, the negative sides of running a business. How about everybody who's listening out there today puts a post on LinkedIn and goes, I had a crap week last week. My figures went down. I lost three customers. Just putting it out there that not everything's rosy. So maybe we need to start a movement. What do you think, Patrice? Am I starting something new and fresh and ideaful? <laughs> yeah, look, I think that's a really big thing. So, um, you know, when we first launched Heads Up, we thought we were speaking reasonably well to small business, but then we started to hear all of those stories of all of the things that Tim's just described and we realised that we, we really hadn't nailed it. So we've been on a bit of an approach then to really understand small business and that's one of the topics that comes through a lot that, you know, when you hear the word entrepreneur, you kind of think of this incredibly successful person. I find that so amusing. I have to say 20 years ago... You said entrepreneur, people went, are you unemployed? <laughs> <laughs> and these days it's like they have entrepreneurial courses at university now and it's hilarious the turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. But the reality is that most entrepreneurs try several things before they hit that successful one and but that reality doesn't get shared a lot. So I think we've got to find a good balance. Like I think it's it's really important that people talk about what's real. And I think particularly in the small business community, the more that people open up and talk to others around them the way that, that Tim does and many who I've now come across do, the more that that will change the culture of the community. You still want to celebrate successes and you still want to um, give people hope. So, you know, you've got to be careful things don't get too negative because there is hope and there is opportunity. But I think you've also got to be really real with people and I think one of the really important things is um, if people are entering into this, that they can get some very real advice about what it's like and that they enter into it knowing that it's going to be tough and that they enter into it planning, not only pl 
planning how they're going to run the business and how they're going to do social media or marketing or, you know, what what accounting software they're going to use and all of those things, but planning how they're going to look after themselves. Yeah, it's very, very important. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break here on Triple H 100.1 FM. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk some practical strategies about how you can help yourself and help others um, through the Beyond Blue and the Heads Up websites. There's lots of great things there. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Small Business Mental Health Month. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM with Alexi Boyd. We'll be back after this. And that's what we're talking about exactly today. We are speaking about Small Business Mental Health Month, which I have now renamed October as, yay me. And uh, just before the break, we were speaking to Patrice O'Brien from Beyond Blue about the sort of uh, strategies that Beyond Blue has put in place and the reason why they're now targeting or have been for the last couple of years targeting small business small business. And it's it's come away, come, uh, come across from the workplace is a generic place and you're beginning to recognise the need to support small businesses, not just through workplace, but also the business owners themselves. So that's the journey that you've been on. Um, tell me about the Heads Up uh, website and where what sort of resources are there to help small business owners? Yeah, so um, after we first launched and we started to get some feedback that we hadn't we hadn't really got small business owners, what we started to do was do a lot of consultation and talk to small business owners to find out what what they needed and what that meant to them. So um, the the website's got some great resources. Um, one of the things it's got is just a series of case studies from real life small business owners talking about things within their own businesses and the way they've handled different situations. Because one of the things we heard from small businesses, we want to hear from people who we can recognise ourselves in, which is mm. a pretty human experience. So they're great resources. Um, also, just before the break, I started talking about that importance of planning and um, we were lucky enough to do some work with the um, Victorian Small Business, uh, the Office of the Victorian Small Business Commissioner, because they'd done some really beautiful planning around how you can actually plan around looking after yourself as part of developing your plan. So we've used that um, tool and adapted it and you can get that off the, the Heads Up website and that can really help you to develop a plan around not only all those other things about your business but around how, how are you going to look after yourself and what are you going to do if you get sick and how are you going to manage that and starting to plan some of those things in advance. So it's, it's almost incorporated into your business plan. Correct. That you actually yeah. have this segment which is how am I going to look after myself? Exactly. Are they fairly practical? Are they kind of like, you know, having um, targets of walking for half an hour a day or having walking meetings or, you know, um, trying to be a bit more physically exercising, maybe doing some yoga or some some breathing activities. Is that what we're talking about when you implement it in the business plan? Yeah, look, I think the thing is that it, it is very individual because what works for one thing won't necessarily work for anyone else. So obviously... Um, small business owners are no different to anyone else. All the things that are good for your mental health, things like, you know, having a good diet, um, you know, exercising, having great social connections and support, all of those things apply to small business owners as well. Um, but certain people will know that there's certain things that might be kind of triggers for them that make them a bit more stressed um, or, you know, that might be things that they just know are really particularly good for them. But then with these kind of plans, it also gets people to think about things like, you know, what do you do if you get sick? How do you manage your, your customers that, that day or your clients that day? Um, because when you're on your own, that 
you know, it's a lot harder to just call in a sick day. And again, the solutions to that will be probably really different for different people. Um, you know, we've heard amazing stories of people connecting with other um, small business owners within their network and and actually agreeing to back each other up. And it all depends what, what kind of business you're in, whether that would work for you. So it's about thinking about solutions that suit you, but thinking about them in advance because what we hear time and time again is that once you get stuck in the midst of that, it can be very, very difficult to step back Mm -hmm. and resolve it. I was talking to a small business owner recently and he described that um, running his small business felt like pushing a boulder up a hill and that if he ever stepped away and took a break, that boulder was going to come tumbling back down the hill and the effort of then trying to push it up again was so overwhelming that he couldn't take that break. So Mm. it's around doing that planning in advance to make sure that you can get that break because no one can keep pushing the boulder all the time. And and Tim, that's something that's quite entrenched in our understanding of starting a business or planning a business is that, that notion of a business plan. Do you think setting mental health or looking after yourself targets as part of that plan works very well because you're almost giving yourself check boxes to, to tick off as well as a preventative measure? It's really interesting because if I think back to every or well, most of the um, business plans that I've um, worked on or downloaded from even government, all of those, there wasn't really anything in there about mental health. So if I look back, it's like everything's about, you know, what sales are you going to do and how you're going to do marketing. And yes, there'll be a component around people, but generally it'll be like, how much are they going to cost you? Mm. It won't be other things. One of the things um, I think that um, I learned from uh, working in corporate before I went to small business is they often have plans and programs that if I, what I did was I would think about those and then I would bring the big business idea to small business. So for example, with people, uh, a monthly um, one-on-one review and I would sit with the team each individually and yes, it takes a lot of time and sometimes you don't feel like it, but if you're genuinely committed and the very first question I would ask is, um, how are you feeling? And interestingly enough, in most cases, initially at least, people would go straight into results. These are my results from the moment. I'm like, okay, well, how about I have a, how about we go back? Feeling is about emotions. What was good or bad this month? The interesting thing about that is often you would find out things in advance that they are unhappy that a client was doing something inappropriate, or in fact that they were thinking by the end of the year that they would move on. So having those conversations in that regard is good. So back to your point about the business plan, I think it's really important to have in there some ideals around um, how are you going to take care of your team. Um, The other interesting thing is that um, millennials will push um, people like myself who have grown up in a different era to act differently. They'll want flexibility. Um, They'll want to work from home. They'll want different hours, money, is often not the key driver, whereas in a lot of cases we think. So it's really quite fascinating. And for me, certainly, I've worked with some amazing millennials and I think that they're they're truly amazing and they've taught me a lot. But I think back to your business plan, um, we've got to be able to put in there differences around people. What are we going to do to help them, to make them feel comfortable? You've got to allow them to be excited about coming to work every day. And that might mean adjusting your thinking. 
And it sounds to me like, you know, one of the key messages you're saying there is communication is key. You've got to keep those lines of communication open uh, to find back and feedback from them whether or not they are happy. And in a way, maybe not push the envelope, maybe sort of say, okay, well, if it is something, a situation where you need to move on, um, how can I help to facilitate that? And how can you help to facilitate me to bring someone else on um, and maybe not sort of flogging a dead horse and just sort of, you know, hanging on to someone for dear life because they are good, but they're unhappy because they're ultimately going to bring everyone else down, I think, in the team. Um, absolutely. And I think the other thing is, and um, Patrice is talking about the gentleman pushing the boulder up the, up the hill, and that is very real for so many people. But how about as a small business owner, you make yourself indispensable? So how do you build your small business so that you're indispensable, that it's not just reliant on you or one or two key members? Um, and how do you incorporate, um, you know, uh, the ability to bring, you know, technology and other aspects in to make things less stressful, to automate things so that you're not the key person in that business? Because that's the biggest... Now, that keeps people awake at night. Mm. Well, speaking of, of, of keeping awake at night, can you give me some indicators in your experience and also talking to small businesses, both of you, um, what are some of the triggers that people should be aware of if they are sort of beginning to slide into mental health issues? Patrice? Yeah, as, think, as a small business owner, I guess, yeah, specifically. <laughs> I think one of the important, important things to be conscious of about mental health is that um, we we tend to think it as of it as very black and white, like well or unwell, but actually like physical health, it's on a continuum. And, you know, with our physical health, sometimes we know that we haven't been to the gym as much as we should lately and that sort of thing. And then we can get back into it and we feel a bit better. Mental health can be quite similar. So you can kind of move up and down that continuum depending on a whole range of factors of what's going on in your life and you can have a diagnosable mental health condition and be at the very well end of the continuum because you know all the things that you need to do to keep yourself well. You might be on the right medication, you might be having the right counselling, all of that kind of thing. You can have no diagnosable mental health condition but have a bunch of things going wrong and you can be at the other end of the continuum. So I think it's just important to create that kind of context for people. Um, and so the kind of things that might suggest that you're kind of moving, you know, down to that um, more negative end of the continuum might be that um, often it can be that you have really intrusive thoughts so that you just can't switch off from thinking about work, that it's just there all the time, even when you start kind of dreaming about it. Kind of like the negative thoughts. Negative thoughts or, or even just not being able to stop thinking about it, going over and over things mm -hmm. um, that that in a way that isn't sort of purposeful or you're not getting any outcome from it. Um, trouble sleeping is a really big one. A loss um, of appetite. Loss of appetite, mm. feeling, um, you know, not getting the same enjoyment out of things that you normally would, not looking forward to things as much that you normally would, you know, flattened mood. Um, the way you respond to people, like if, if you're kind of suddenly a bit shorter with people, a bit more impatient, all of those kind of things can be signs. I found when I was going through postnatal depression in particular that it would get into sort of year one, end of year one, year two, and I'd go, I can't remember the last time I actually belly laughed. Mm. Like I can't remember the last time that I really felt joy. I'd mm. almost sort of forgotten what it felt like and I was just sort of on a treadmill of drudgery and not 
not enjoying anything or any aspect of my life. Is that, um, Tim, is that, I mean, I think probably most small business owners can think, yeah, I can think of a time when I've been feeling that way as well. What about all the other pressures that we experience as small business owners? You know, people suddenly leaving leaving the business or, or losing a major client or having a financial downturn. Are those necessarily triggers we should be looking out for or does it come back to how what your attitude is towards them when they happen? Well, a couple of points. One, I think, um, so just back to what Patrice was saying, one of the things that I learned about our mental health is it is a continuum. Um, and I look at it as a continuum now and I understand where I sit on that continuum. And I can talk openly about it in terms of, um, you know, I'm feeling more anxious about situations. Because then once you start openly talking about, well, I think I'm sliding along that scale, it becomes easier to manage because you're kind of pulling yourself up um, and you're going, oh, hang on a minute, maybe I need to, to readjust. But back to triggers, I think they're different for everybody. And I think as a small business owner, one of the things that you could do in part of your business planning is to work out what your triggers are. It took me a while to get there, but certain things, um, and I've spoken about this before, um, not getting paid on time. I know that that's a big issue in small business, but that is something that I... Um, I really can't deal with and I will slide across along the to the red on the um, uh, mental health scale really, really quickly. So I've had to work out that if I bring on a new client, um, I need to be really clear up front the engagement with that client and when I'm going to get paid, not I check my bank account every day and hope and pray that they have paid me. That's something really important to me. To other people, it may not be. Um, but um, yeah, so that that is something that I look at. There are other triggers in terms of deadlines. And I know a lot of people work in businesses that are all about deadlines. And I think one of the interesting things around that is if there is a deadline, who's involved in delivering that deadline? And I think one of the other things, and for me as well, is really being clear what the customer's responsibility and what yours is. Because I watch so many businesses, and I've been in a part in the past, praying and begging and hoping that you'll get the information you want so that you can deliver what you're engaged to do. And I, and it's not going to work because the, the client's not busy in their business, worried about their client or worried about something in their business. So being really clear about those. So I've learned over the years what those triggers are. And certainly I would encourage all small business owners to write them down and also ask your team, what are the triggers? Because some people might be deadlines, some people will be I really don't like getting into the office at 8.30. I want to get in at 9. Could I work from 9 or some flexible hours? What is it that triggers them off? Because we're all different. And you can run a really successful business if you're open to those discussions. I absolutely love that. I love the fact that you're thinking to yourself, what is it that really sets me off and, and makes me anxious and concerned? And what can I put in place? Because guess what, guys? There's apps to help you with payment times and there's um, there's there's legal teams out there who can help you write really strong contracts that mean that you can sit back and say, well, actually, it's in my contract that I need to be paid 50% up front. So you need to do that before I begin work. And then you can sit back and say, but it's not me, it's the contract. <laughs> so I think putting things in place in a practical sense, but you have to recognise what your, what your, I guess, predominant issues are that put you down the other end of the scale. And Patrice talking about a scale, that's a great way of looking at it mm -hmm. because I've always thought of mental health as a spiral and I think that's a really 
scary, mm. you know, almost yeah. a scary visual mm. to have in your head. But if you think of it as a sliding scale, which is horizontal, mm. then there's no fear of falling. Mm. And the other thing about that is then you'll allow yourself to move on that scale rather than I'm really healthy or I'm not. Mm. And I think, you know, I can see myself sliding along the scale with different things because, you know, there are stresses in life, whatever you're doing, whatever business you're running. Um, But if you allow yourself to move within the boundaries that are are relevant for you, then it it takes the pressure off yourself. Give yourself a little... A bit of a fair guy. And I think if nothing else today, I want the listeners to be thinking of their mental health as a horizontal sliding scale because I, literally I've just had an epiphany in my own mind that thinking of it as falling down means you have to claw back mm-hmm. up and it's harder to get back up. But if you think of it as just moving, you know, fluidly from one end to the other. And like you said, Tim, different things cause different levels of stress. So when it comes to this aspect, I'm a bit more stressed. But then this aspect in my life, I'm, I'm happier. So it We've got multiple sliders. So it's like sliders on yeah. a guitar strings or and something look, nice I like that. I think there's one thing that's always really important to say when we talk about that continuum is that there are some times, like mental health is still an illness, and there are some times that for all of the good planning and all of the um, strategies in the world, tragically, sometimes people will still become really unwell. Mm. And I think it's really important to say that because if we've got listeners at the moment who are sitting there thinking... You know, I don't want anyone listening to us to think, oh, could I have done more? You know, no. Sometimes it's it's really awful, but sometimes the reality is that, um, you know, depression, anxiety can hit really hard and there's, there's kind of, there can be, it can be challenging in those moments. But I think the message that we've got here is that small business owners, from my experience, are generally really good planners and really good problem solvers. And so if you apply that planning and problem solving to your own wellbeing and to recognising your own triggers and to planning solutions around those up front, you give, the, you give yourself the best chance mm. of, of not ending up at that pointy end. We're going to take a quick break here on Triple H 100.1 FM. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um, what you might be able to do if you're in an advisory role to other businesses. Uh, you're listening to Triple H and across the community radio network. This is Small Biz Matters. We'll be back after this. Have you seen the latest edition of the Hills to Hawkesbury Living magazine? There are great new sections on local living legends together with history and photos from the past. Their What's On section will let you know about local events. There's the much-loved TV guide and the classifieds will link you to the best trades and services in the area. For over 33 years, the Hills to Hawkesbury Living has been the magazine for the community and now a proud station sponsor. And you're back in the room with Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd. You're listening to Small Biz Matters. If you've missed any of today's program, you can, of course, catch up via iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, plus on smallbizmatters.com.au, where you can listen to over 150 podcasts. And we have yet to repeat a topic because you as small business owners will know there is so much to learn. So today we're talking to Patrice O'Brien from Beyond Blue and Tim Hoopman, who's one of our regular guests, a Beyond Blue speaker and very passionate about supporting small businesses in their mental health journey. Just before the break, we were listening to the idea that your mental health is on a sliding scale and it's not... It's very much horizontal. It's no longer just thinking about things as sliding down and, and coming back up again. 
Uh, Patrice, talk to me about um, how Beyond Blue is working with advisors to be able to assist other small business owners if you recognise that people are having difficulty. Yeah, so the the way that we ended up doing this work around advisors, Alexi, was, as I mentioned, when we realised that Heads Up wasn't quite hitting the mark, we started doing a lot of consultation with small business owners and we've had it a lot of incredible people who've given us amazing advice and people like Tim. And one of the things that they said to us that we heard a lot very consistently was, we've got enough on our plate. Don't expect us to go looking about information about our mental health on the Heads Up website or, um, you know, going to a conference or all of these kind of things we're flat out just running our small business. We need you to bring the information to where we're already at. And so where is that? It's with our accountant, our bookkeeper, our small business mentor. Sometimes it's with a family member, a friend, you know, whoever that person is who we turn to um, when things are, are kind of impacting on us. So we thought that was really interesting. And the other thing that happened at the same time was that we started having some of the um, accountancy bodies coming to us and saying, look, the biggest issue for us at the moment is the mental health of our clients and our members don't quite know how to deal with that. So creating this approach for small business advisors ended up being a win-win because those advisors needed some more assistance with how to manage it and then the small business owners was telling us that was the best place to go. So um, uh, about a month ago now we launched a a new guide and it's specifically for small business advisors. So all of those that I mentioned and others, accountants, bookkeepers, um, family and friends, small business mentors, specifically for them And we co-designed it. We had a a stakeholder reference group, which again, Tim was a part of, um, really helping us to understand from the advisor and the small business perspective what this guide should look like. Um, So it's best accessed online. It's really easy to navigate. You can save it as a favourite so that then when you find yourself in that situation, you've got the information at your fingertips. And Tim, what what sort of ways would you find yourself in that situation as an advisor? What typically do you think, um, how does it present itself uh, where you can start to recognise the pain points that a small business owner is is beginning to experience mental health issues? I think there's um, a couple of issues or a couple of um, points there. One, first and foremost, is that um, in particular, if you're a bookkeeper and accountant and you're dealing with often hundreds of small business owners... um, there will be times where um, once you get to know the client well, you'll notice that there's change in behaviour. That could be as simple as you just don't hear from them. So they're going to avoidance or that every time they're on the phone to you or your client or you or your staff, they're agitated and angry. So there will be changes that um, you will identify and often when we're busy, we go okay, uh, all right, I get that, but um, is it something that I did wrong or my team? Um, And I certainly in the past have gone to that space going, oh, have I upset the client? Not thinking that they may be being upset by other other situations. So I think from that perspective, it's like being able to identify it. And yes, we're all busy, but taking even a few minutes to have a conversation early on could save a lot of people a lot of heartache, particularly 
the small business owner that you're working with. Um, and I think the thing about the guide that I really love is that it, for me, it's a double-edged sword. It's a guide for small business, but advises a small business. Mm. So one of the things that I um, loved about it was looking at it and reading it as a small business owner about myself and looking at changes in behaviour. And I remember um, a number of things going, I now understand where that behaviour came from and why I was feeling like that. Whereas in the past, I, I didn't. So I think first and foremost, you as a small business owner, advisor, should read it and have a look at it for yourself and arm yourself so that then you're then comfortable to start those conversations. Because in in a lot of cases, I... Um, sometimes avoided it or did it with the clients that I felt most comfortable with but you start doing it generally and in some cases you can train your staff just to ask a simple question when they're agitated on the phone and you might just happen to help them out of situation and make things less painful for them so I think it's a fantastic guide and to Teresa's point it's easy to access it's easy to reference and it's there you don't have to go searching the net and it's about the conversation starters in particular, Tim, is it? It's about, um, because I think that's the hardest part, isn't it? You you can see someone and you maybe get some instinctive notions that they're experiencing difficulties. Uh, how do you have that? How do you start that conversation? Is that um, one of the main uh, ways that it assists, Patrice? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's sort of got a few different sections. So it looks at how to pick up on signs and symptoms that someone might be struggling, what to look out for. And then it absolutely looks at how to have that conversation. Um, it's also one of the things that came through really loud and clear is what do I do if I'm really worried about someone? Um you know, really at that kind of pointy end. So it's also got some really good advice like around what the, to do. the I word, the mm. intervention word, is that? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So okay. it's got some information about what to do if you really think someone might be at risk um, and what you can do in those situations as well. Um, and I think one of the really important things to say about it, because again, you know, we might have listeners at the moment thinking, oh my God, my job as a bookkeeper is hard enough. Now do you want me to become a mental health professional as well? No, absolutely not. This is really just about being a human being. You know, Tim and I were talking earlier today just about how if everyone could be 10% kinder to each other, um, you know, we could change the world. Um, and so this is really just about connecting with people as a human. It's not about you needing to try and diagnose someone. Um, it's not about you needing to start to provide a counselling service on top of the valuable service you already provide. It's just about you checking in on someone and saying, hey, you know, I've noticed that it's taking you longer to get back to me at the moment. You don't quite seem yourself. How's everything going for you? Listening um, going into that conversation without any sense of stigma or discrimination and then through the guide knowing where to point people for the right help. And, and that sums it up beautifully because, um, like you said, there would be that fear of, of concern of, oh, God, there's one more thing. I hardly think that's a value add, these sort of conversations. Um, but looking after yourself is, is so important as well, looking after yourself first and foremost so that you're comfortable with having these conversations uh, too. Um, look, I'd like to uh, thank both of you so much for coming along to the program. You can, can of course, find up find lots of information via theheadsup.org.au backslash healthy workplaces for small business.
business, there's lots of great resources there for both yourself and those people that you advise and also your small business community that you're an integral part of, that you, um, I guess, the conversation starters and the way you can help and uh, and the way you can look after one another. Tim, thank you once again for coming on the program. You're always full of valuable information and experience to share with the listeners, so thank you. Thank you, Lexi. And Patrice, thank you for coming on and, and representing Beyond Blue as well and, and talking to us about um, the policies and procedures and, and everything that you're doing to support small business because, you know, you're just making a better small business community through these programs. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Okay, you've been listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We'll be back next week with another excellent guest. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course, as I mentioned, if you'd like to catch up, you can catch up via our podcasts on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and wherever else my fabulous IT consultant puts them. Uh, There's over 150 of yet. We have yet to repeat a topic because there's so much to learn, but don't feel overwhelmed because today is all about feeling relaxed and being in the right place on your horizontal scale. You've been listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd on Triple H and across the community radio network. We'll see you all next week.